0: Welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics, ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. My name is Renee Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Garcia, Carla DeCore, and Lali ramirez Bennett. Collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? We've all experienced ups and downs in our personal lives and professional careers that have qualified us to share our unique perspectives with you, and we're excited to do so. But before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can use at True Top Cafe, and on Twitter, you can use at True Top Cafe 1. Don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave a review. We value your feedback. We want to ensure that we are providing content that resonates with you. So please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. Spoiler alert, you will want to stay tuned to hear what our guests are going to share about this exciting topic today. Also, stick around to find out how you can join us on a live show. We would love to have you join us on one of our episodes. Now, let's get started. It's the month of May, and that means it's Mental Health Month. So, today's episode is called Breaking the Stigma. We will discuss how mental health is integral to our overall well being and should be given as much care as our physical health. So, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Carla.
1: All right. So hello, everyone. In the past, as you know, companies didn't traditionally talk about mental health, especially in certain environments. The reality is we can all struggle emotionally or mentally at some point. It's normal. And the more that we talk about it, the more we normalize it and equip people with the resources they need. It's so important that we normalize it. So despite the obvious importance, there's often confusion about what workplace health is and well-being kind of entails, right? So as our conversation continues, we'll explore the impact of mental health in the workplace, as well as provide some tips and well-being initiatives that support employee resistance. So resilience, I'm sorry. So we're excited to talk about this topic today.
2: Thank you, Dr. Carla. To add to this discussion, we've invited an expert that is very familiar with this topic that will share her expertise and experience with us. I'd like to introduce to you Crystal Y. Martinez. is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas, and nationally certified counselor. And she's been working primarily with children, adolescents for over eight years. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology and a Master of Science degree in counseling, both from the Texas A&M University in Corpus Christi, where she specialized in marriage and couple family therapy. She currently Owns and works at Clear Minds Counseling RGVP LLC. She also commits part of her work to the Bayer Foundation. Crystal currently holds a trauma focused cognitive behavioral therapy certification, is EMDR trained, as well as a trusted based relational intervention practitioner, all of which allow her to provide specialized trauma informed services. Welcome, Crystal. We're so glad you're able to join us today to share your thoughts and perspective on this topic. Let me go ahead and kick it off in terms of a, a question. You know, as employers, we want to provide our employees with the support they need to avoid the potential cost of untreated mental health conditions in the workplace. What are a few ways that organizations can begin to participate in reducing
3: stigma in the workplace? I would say, talking, you know, just having those open conversations, maybe starting meetings off with what's going on. And if some of those conversations are, you know, new, it can be a little uncomfortable to initiate that. So an easier way might be, you know, submitting, sending out surveys to people. That way the surveys can be completed, they're anonymous, but people can then still feel free to share what they need to share. And I think then maybe in the meeting, right, there's often going to be staff meetings things like that, um, maybe in those meetings, it could be brought up, those topics, some of those concerns, of course, without any identifying information, right? But maybe just the topics in general to allow for people to find that solidarity, you know, to find that connection, to know that there are some struggles going on. And then, you know, employers can then take note of that. And also maybe even tracking days off that are taken. You know, are people taking a significant time of their ETO, their sick leave? If not, why not? If not, that might be a red flag, right? That they might not feel like they can take those days or there's a pressure to perform. So really just learning the workplace culture, right? Because if one person is stressed, chances are maybe that's coming from a little bit higher down. It trickles down and that organizational stress can be harder than the job at times, right? if one person's feeling it and it's trickling down, chances are your people are definitely feeling it too. So I would say just having those conversations, assessing your environment, your people, and taking that information in and encouraging that mental health phase are allowed.
2: I think that was a great suggestion. I remember back in 2020 when we had social unrest going on, my my current ABP pulled us together very quickly just wanted to touch base with people just make sure that they knew that that if they needed any help or they were having any concerns to please reach out and they also provided you know some numbers for our EAP our employee assistance program and just kind of opened the discussion and it was something that was very different from in the past we never had had that kind of thing as an organization to really just talk about something that was affecting our society. And I, I, really, I really appreciated the effort and I also noticed it from our employees and I had several comments being made in that respect. So I
0: definitely think you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Lolly. And just to piggyback on that, communication, you know, is a critical part of how you approach mental health in the workplace Solid communication strategy is integral to making mental well-being and resiliency a key element of your overall health and wellness efforts. How would we foster open conversations about mental health in the workplace through employee communications? Because like you said, Lolly, your AVP pulled you together just to kind of do a quick check-in and to provide some numbers. Do you have any thoughts on that, Crystal?
3: I think fostering that connection, you know, building connection, building relationship with those, with your employees, getting to know them one-on-one. Once those conversations can be had one-on-one, I think that just kind of opens up the conversation for, you know, employees to talk to one another about what those experiences were like, having those conversations, being able to note what some of their current concerns are. You know, I think one of the things
2: that we also did a lot of is engaging our employee resource groups or business groups that would allow you know bring in different speakers to talk about mental health or just kind of giving them different some of the different organizations that that can do that i think that also kind of just makes it easier the more you introduce things to a group easier it is for them to start to accept it it's not going to be a definite right up front but you, you have to make those attempts it's it's so much of a an effort for a better producing, a better environment overall, healthier environment overall for everybody, right?
1: So one of the things that I, I do like to, to see is that a lot of HR departments are now focusing more on the employee assistance programs. My institution recently started really focusing more on the employee assistance programs or EAP. It's something that we've had for a very long time that we just haven't really promoted. So we're seeing an increase in just promotion of those opportunities for employees to let them know that it's a free service that they can take advantage of, at least at my institution is free. So despite increased investment in well-being programs, many employees who stand to benefit aren't really participating in them. So Crystal, what can employers do to encourage employees to participate in their well-being programs, in your opinion?
3: I would say talk about it, you know, and talk about what those concerns are. What are some of the benefits that they can receive from some of these programs, right? How is it going to benefit them in the long run? How does it benefit them in the workplace? Because as humans, you know, we don't really do anything that doesn't benefit us in some way, right? Whether it's emotionally or materially. So I think really going at it from the approach of the employee, what do you need in this life? What can we provide for you? And this is what we offer to make that easier, make it better.
0: Yeah, I definitely like what you're saying, Crystal, because, you know, everybody suffers from, you know, with them, right? What's in it for me? So if you're not, if your communication strategy is not very clear and also you need to create an environment where people feel safe, right? They feel safe and there's a level of trust there because if they self-report, you know, they want to make sure there's no backlash to that as well and that they're treated with respect and dignity as well, if they self-report and that they're taken seriously. I literally just had an employee come into my office on Monday and, you know, she was very upset, very stressed out. And at first she was like, Hey, Renee, can I just go into your um, puddle room? and just give myself a moment. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then was in there maybe for about five minutes and then she came back in my office and she's like, Renee, I'm having a panic attack. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, just take a few breaths. You know, just, you got to calm yourself down. I'm like, calm yourself down and go ahead and go home. Right. I said, are you able to drive? And she's like, yeah, I think I can drive, but I know I can't go, you know, back to my desk and be productive. So it was just a matter of, okay, I'll work with you. You need to go home, call your doctor. And when she came in the next day, I asked her, I'm like, you know, how you doing? And uh, she says, I'm doing okay, but I'm going to get into the doctor today. And I'm still not completely stable. So she, I know with her, she had already self-reported to me. So when she came into to me, it wasn't like a big surprise. So it was just a matter of trying to keep her calm. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely there. You know what I mean? And another manager said to me yesterday, Hey, I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. So it's definitely people are talking about it more and more. And in the HR circles, Uh, they're talking about overall employee experience and and mental health and well-being is a huge, huge part of that. I
3: was reading an article earlier and it was talking a little bit about how when employees do take time off, that about half of the people, and this was a stat from like 2019, I think, so it's maybe a little older, but I think it's also pre-COVID, right? A lot of things changed up after that, but about half of the employees had taken their sick days for mental health days, right, a little over half. But with some of the percent that didn't, it's because there was, you know, a strong work culture that promoted going in, giving everything you can, you know, even if you're sick, even if you're not feeling great. Right. And I think that's kind of, you know, when your breaking points coming, you know, you know, when you need to take that day and take a drive out somewhere or you need to just stay home. But if the pressure and that work culture is saying, nope, you got to perform, you got to perform, you got to meet these things you have to, you know, be able to make up or find solutions for what's going to happen if you miss a day. I think that definitely has a huge impact on whether someone's going to take that time or not for themselves. And again, I think what you were saying earlier, Carla, too, about just being aware of what is available, right? Some people don't take a day for mental health because they think that it's only physical health that they can take that time off for, right? So just... Mm -hmm. Encouraging those mental health days and being aware of what is that work culture. I think it comes down to that a lot. I think that's the theme.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's not just the work culture. It might be a specific (laughs) manager, right? For sure, right? I was about to say that. Yes, that I was talking about. The AVP was like no, you got to be here. You got to be here. And, you know, the senior managers in talking to me going, Renee, I can't speak to her. And right now she's not stable. I said, exactly. I said, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell that AVP that Renee said, <laughs> I said, if you need to drop a name, say, Renee said, you're not having that conversation with that employee today because she is not stable. I said, have it by the end of the week. You should be okay. I said, but speak to her and said, hey." We'll talk later and I'll check on you each day to see how you are. And, you know, but the that senior manager was afraid to go and have that conversation with the AVP because of the way that he works and wants his staff to work. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and then if you add to that, not just your work
2: environment, but you're also bringing your whole life yeah. environment with you, right? So your pressures from home, your pressures from your children, whatever financial concerns you have, and and add that to work, there's no doubt that, you know, the majority of the people have some sort of anxiety, panic. I mean, that's something that we're all, no matter how, how much of a type A personality you are, you're going to end up having some areas of concern. And I think the easiest thing is when people start to understand that it's okay when we feel that way. We all have those kind of issues, but we have to make sure that we take a little bit of time and invest in ourselves and in our health to be able to continue to move forward. With that, you know, let me talk a little bit about the impacts of mental health on companies. So for that AVP that didn't want to allow somebody to take the time off reality is if you don't let them go and get this taken care of, it could cost you way more in the long run, right? The, the statistics show that on average, you have $10,000 per employee that has depression. One in 10 employees will experience depression every year. For every 10 employees, the cost of depression to an organization paying an average salary of $20 an hour is over $10,000 a year. That's pretty significant, right? You also have two times the psychological injury claims and increased premiums. So it may not be what you're seeing immediately, but talk about what you have to pay on the back end with insurance, right? If you're covering insure, employees' insurance, et cetera, or compensations from a workman's comp perspective, they can run anywhere from you know about fourteen hundred dollars to twenty seven hundred dollars. And it doesn't take into account either the high human cost nor the strain on the company's resources. Then, again, here's for those those employers or managers that are so concerned about productivity that's going to be lost if we don't address it. You may be able to, like this employee that Renee had, where they were just needed to kind of regain themselves and maybe could come back and start working the next day or so, right? Unfortunately, a recent WHO-led study estimates that the depression and anxiety disorders cost the global economy $1 trillion each year. It's U.S. dollars each year in lost productivity. So not taking care of something can magnify the expense that we have there without question. And aside from that, you also are looking at four days per month in absenteeism, on average, again, it's, it's a matter of being able to take a, you know, Renee did the right things, allowing the employee to go in, kind of regain themselves. And if they, if they weren't able to get themselves together in a few minutes, allowing them to go home, go get, go see the doctor, maybe we can minimize that time. But as companies, if you don't take care of these situations, you're looking to, to take a lot bigger of a of a hit in terms of your overall bottom line. That's true. Anything you'd like to add on that, Crystal? Any thoughts?
3: I feel like it's it's so important to plan, you know? Plan for for when there's sick days, you know, just like you would for mental health sick days, sorry. You want to plan for those days just like you would a health day and have a plan in place for staff to be able to pick up, you know. Pick up when someone needs that day and to encourage those days because i mean i think financially all this information that you're sharing financially just benefits the company to let that person or to encourage those people who are feeling ill whether it's you know mentally or whether it's physically that they take that time for themselves to better themselves to heal
1: and i think it's also important for companies to consider having a mental health day off that, that people can take. At my institution, is a state policy that they can take a mental health day off just because they need it. And it is it's used as a sick time. So that is, I think it's important to promote that, that it's okay to feel like you need some extra time to gather yourself or to just disconnect for a second. I agree. So employee wellness and wellbeing initiatives that seek to benefit employees we have several opportunities to to just create different things that can help us improve some of the the resources available in the workforce. One of them is, we talked about the flexible time away from work programs. I know some institutions have adapted more work from home options. Perhaps that could be a flex flex option that some employers can take advantage of. Wellness ambassadors, I think those are so important. It is an easy way to get employees involved in being well, to create a group that meets once a month and someone that can sort of lead those conversations. That group is typically tasked to spread the word around what wellness topics are trending perhaps, or what needs to be covered during the meeting in the environment and create healthy challenges for their teams. And also just think about, you know, mindful pauses. What can they look like? Stress is one of the top factors for poor health, so consider eliminating back-to-back meetings and instituting 15 mindful minutes between meetings. Use guided mindfulness breaks once a month. Several are offered online. And that's one thing that I think I personally need to improve on. I do have a lot of meetings back-to-back, and there was research recently done about how much that impacts your mental health. So personally, I need to do better with that, but I'm sure I'm not alone, right? Anything else anyone else wants to add?
2: Yeah, I was simply going to add, Carla. I I went from prior to COVID really having meetings, our meetings back to back. After COVID, when it was everybody, everything was online, I didn't, you know, it's kind of crazy. I decided I was going to schedule meetings for 45 minutes. In most cases, even 30 minutes. and reality is is that when you set your timer to a lower time you're able to get what you need to get done anyway and you allow yourself that extra time that you said like the
0: mindfulness
2: and and I, I definitely gained some control of my day by doing that
0: yeah I like that also having you know maybe some physical challenges you know maybe having everybody do a wellness challenge at lunchtime you know, like you know, see how many steps that you can get in because fitness is really key to well-being as well. You need your physical and your mental well-being because when you're exercising, you know those endorphins, you know they're good for you. That's a positive thing. And I forget the other chemical that is released that is I don't know is a dopamine that's. Supposed to be really good for you, kind of like the feel good <laughs> chemical. And it just puts you in a better physical condition as well as mental. At my place of employment, I require them to take a 30 minute lunch. Some people will want to, well, oh, instead of taking my sick time or vacation time, can I work through lunch? They're required to take 30 minutes at least because you've got to be able to get up and stretch and you know move away from the desk because in my location it's customer service so you're dealing with customers all day you've got to be able to disconnect and it does work for people by doing that how have you disconnected yourself crystal and same with the pod group what types of things do you do to disconnect
3: i like to take time to just kind of some of that mindfulness, some of the breathing, just kind of trying to clear the mind with what I have around me. How how I can you know just shift my mind from you know the work day to shifting to just quiet time, so then I'm you know prepared to deal with home. You know, so sometimes that looks like me listening to my favorite songs on the radio or listening to something that might be encouraging, an audible book. You know. To prepare my mind for the next place that I'm going to, right? Especially if I know there's going to be stressors there. That really helps me to disconnect. And then just taking time to take care of me, self-care, right? So that might just be some days when I don't have the freedom to kind of just do whatever I want. It might just be wearing my favorite PJs, watching my favorite show with my favorite snack, you know, in a cozy blanket or something. So it can be really all kinds of things. That's personally mine. That's great. Lolly? Mine is, it has to be the
2: crazy one, right? Because for me, it's about staying very active in other things. So life can be very, you know, work and 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 your day-to-day routine can be very crazy. But if I spend a little bit of time or sometimes a lot of time giving back to the underserved, it helps me come back and say, you know what? My problems aren't much. I can handle this. And that, that's always been something that allows me to not let my myself get into my head, right? It's what I, I, I like to say. I, I don't have time to worry about all the things that, that kind of start to worry me and things of that nature. And at the end of the day, if I can't get things handled well, the best things I love doing is taking either a hot bath or a hot shower. I always think, you know, it's just amazing what that that sensation can do to you is just kind of washing away your your worries and starting over and saying, OK, I got this.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I love that you said that, Lolly, because I think for me. Ending the day in a good note with like a hot shower and I have some soaps that I got that are a lavender and just kind of creating that environment kind of helps me kind of get rid of the day, anything that happened that was not pleasant, flushing it down and starting, you know, new the next day. I also sometimes when I'm having a difficult time through the day, I like to just go to a restaurant that I like the environment and just have lunch by myself. I really, really enjoy having lunch by myself sometimes, especially because I talk to people all day. And like I said, I have meetings after meetings and I just want quiet time by myself enjoying whatever it is is a meeting. So sometimes I think to me, it goes a long way to just clear my mind and, and kind of recharge to continue.
0: Yeah, I second that, Carla. I, I like the lavender <laughs> scent as well. But the first thing I do when I come through the door is I plug in my essential oils. It just, you know, permeates Start my room. I'll go upstairs, take a shower. By the time I come down, it's just, it smells so, the aroma is just so relaxing. And also I like to work out. I need to get in at least four days a week because the, the stress, like you said, you know, you talk to people all day. I'm in HR and people typically don't come <laughs> into my office and say, hey, Renee, how you doing? <laughs> you're coming in complaining about something <laughs> so you have to kind of ward off that you know that negative energy you kind of have to balance it out so I do play music sometimes classical music spiritual music in my office because you get those vibes in there and they're bringing that stress and you know I've always been told that you have to be the calmest one in the room right so when somebody's panicking. You have to become. <laughs> you can't get in the box with them, right? You're very good at that, Renee. I, I think you're the so right person help. for that
2: job. I, I'd probably, I can handle things under stress, but I probably, <laughs> after a while, would
0: would lose that. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It definitely can be challenging at times.
2: And you also <laughs> damn I know that's got to be yeah. a stress reliever <laughs> because. Going out and just having a good time sometimes with oh absolutely. with the people that you love, but I I I too like Dr. Carla. I, it's funny my everybody in my family likes to have the TV on as loud as can be, and I want to go find a little corner where it can be quiet. I don't care if I'm just looking at pictures or whatever. Just don't give me any extra loud noise. It's 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 I think from years of having worked for the 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 phone company right and having the, the always some sort of of, of of uh, sound of people talking of whatever it's like peace so i like that
0: question good reminder absolutely just one other question here i think Lolly, you had said when people come to work they show up with their whole selves right so the job may be causing some stress, but they may be bringing stress into the office, you know, from their personal lives. So, uh, Crystal, can you kind of talk, speak to that and give our viewers some, or our listeners some tips on what you can do to try to identify any type of maybe mental health signs from family members or friends?
3: Yeah. So I think when we start to notice that, you know, we're just not feeling 100%, we're feeling a little off, right? Maybe we're starting to notice that different areas of our lives are being affected, right? These areas of functioning, we function in in so many different areas, right? As spouses, as children, as parents, as an employee, right? When we start to notice that Those relationships or those areas are kind of going downhill. They're struggling. There's issues coming up, right? I think that's definitely a sign to kind of know. Okay, something's going on. It can't be that all these areas. There's something wrong. It chances are it might be me. That's that common denominator, right? So taking a, a second to just kind of look inside and name where some of the issues might be surfacing from. I think can definitely be a good, a good determinant of whether services might be needed at that point in time or not. But then I might also say when it comes to, you know, trying to separate the two, finding a ritual that works to just kind of clear it for the time being, because we still have to continue functioning in these areas, right? And we can't just fix them from one minute to the next or one day to the next. It's a process. So finding little ways to just better one transition to the next, um, I think, can be really helpful in the coping through those changes.
0: I like that, you know, one transition to the next. You know, sometimes we look so far like, oh, my God, I have this many things to do that we don't start just taking that one step, you know, so that we can calm ourselves down. That's really good advice.
2: Well, and, you know, Renee, the other thing that I think is important that we as colleagues can do for each other is take note if you see somebody, feel, you know, starting to act a little bit different, being maybe a little bit on edge and saying, hey, is everything going okay? Sometimes that's all it takes, right? And offering a few minutes, hey, let's go grab some coffee. Because I think we all have a bit of potential impact that we can make in helping each other out. And, and you never know what it is. It may just be something so simple, but how many times can such a simple problem be magnified in somebody's head that, you know, not having someone to talk about it really creates a problem and makes it so huge that they end up doing, you know, irreversible damage. Right. So I think that it's, it's important for us to notice things within ourselves, but also to keep an eye on those around us and say, hey, you want to chat? Let's go outside or whatever. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be anything. And sometimes just knowing that somebody cares. For me, I, I do a lot of work, as you know, with, with suicide prevention awareness with children and, and youth. And and adults as well, for that matter. But it's really just about knowing you have somebody that really cares about you.
1: I think that goes such a long way, Lolly, because sometimes people just want to know that someone is willing to listen to what they have to say. And what I often hear is they say, I know it may be just me, it's just in my head, I'm exaggerating. Like they blame themselves for how they're feeling and i think you just sitting there and listening to them really does go a long way but i think it's also important that we take the responsibility to make others aware that perhaps the way that they're communicating with someone that may be on edge can trigger them to to even become you know worse we've had that happen in the past and you know something simple in this person's head really turn into I'm not worthy. This is one more thing that I'm not good at because you know now my supervisor is telling me right. that you know he doesn't even know you know what I do you know for a living what what my job is, so that means I'm not worthy, and no one cares about what I do, and I'm ready to quit and that That is awful, so I think we need to make sure that we also make others aware that maybe their communication style needs to change when it comes to people that may be suffering from from mental challenges. That's sure. mental health. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Very true. In summary, workplace well-being is a
0: fundamental responsibility of employers and everyone throughout an organization can play a part to keep themselves and others healthy and safe. So with that, we want to say thank you again to our guests, Crystal Martinez, and to all of our listeners for joining the pod crew today. This was such an enlightening conversation. I wish we had a lot more time to have this discussion, but remember that our mental health affects how we show up for work and whether we show up at all. Employers are responsible for identifying work-related causes of mental health stress and reducing them through institutional and cultural change by taking meaningful actions to create more supportive environments for everyone. And if we all play our part, you know, we could really help one another through those tough times. So let's continue to shine a light on mental health, not only for the month of May, but throughout the year as well. We hope you learned something new and or came away with something of value on this topic. Crystal, would you like to share your social media media handles with us so our listeners can connect with you?
3: Yes, I'd love to. So I am on Facebook at ClearMindsRGB. You can follow me there. I also have an Instagram that is active as well. And then the website, if you're interested in any types of services or just want to learn a little bit more, which is www.ClearMindsRGB.org.
0: Thank you for that. We will also list her social media handles in our show notes. So if you would like to reach out to her, please feel free to do so. As promised, here's how to join us as an audience member on our next show episode. We hope you're just as excited as we are. Go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend Season 2, Episode 6 as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCS2EP6. That's TTCS2EP6. We will respond to your requests with our podcast website link where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send the audience link. We also will also send all audience members a reminder the day before the show recording. It's going to be so much fun to have you join us live. As always, we welcome your feedback, so please let us know your thoughts about today's show. Leave a comment or review. We will respond to all comments, so please be nice. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic please do not forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate you it, tuning into our podcast and we hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using at True Talk Cafe and on Twitter at True Talk Cafe One. Please use the hashtag TTC Talks or True Talk Tuesdays. Recommendations for discussion topics are always welcome. We want to ensure we are providing content that is of value to you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. And we hope you join us on our next podcast episode. It's sure to be an engaging conversation. Talk soon.